0: Hello. And welcome back. I got the Pandora playing. Welcome back to Chapel's Corner. It's your host, Guy Chapel. Oh, Pandora, come on now. I said pause. (laughs) And, oh, no. This is, this gotta be crazy. You gotta stop. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, Oh, (laughs) you know what? (laughs) The song that was playing gotta kind of go with the uh, segment that I have today. Yes, again, it's me, your host, Vice Chapel. Welcome back to Chapel's Corner. Um, thank you for coming back to Chop It Up with me one more time. And, um, you know, I was sitting here thinking. I was thinking about something to discuss. I was trying to figure out, you know, ways that I can, all the different ways I can discuss it, if it's even going to be a value to anybody. And uh, I decided to take a break from the series that I was doing before. It's just a break, though. The uh, He's Hot But I Hate Him series. To start a new series entitled um, "What Happens to a Dream Deferred," um, how to start dreaming again when others have discouraged you, you know, um, from dreaming. I think we've all been there. And um, the title of my segment comes from something that a a, a play of, of the book "A uh, Raisin in the Sun." Lorraine Hansberry, um, one of my most favorites. I actually have a copy right here. I'm holding it. Can you hear the pages? Wrestling, y'all. it's yes, my favorite. Um you know, and of course there was the movie that was um produced and um with Sidney Portier who's fine so you know, another movie I love him in is um, one of my favorite another favorite is um, Carmen Jones, where he plays Joe alongside my, you know, my um another one of my queens or or someone I looked up to and admired as far as their beauty and their talent, and of course their story, along the line, which is um, Dorothy Dandridge. And another one who reminds me of her, who I always loved so much, and I, I have every single song I love her so much, is Billie Holiday. But going back to Raising the Sun, this is where the, um, you know, the world, they used it, or in um, Raising in the Sun, what happens to a dream deferred? But of course, we all know that uh, that was originally a line in a poem that was written by Langston Hughes, in Car- entitled Har- um, "Harlem," um, or what have you. And so, it's important to me this subject because I have been one who have had many dreams. I mean, I could probably list you, and I will every single dream to date. <laughs> that I had when I was a child um, those that I've achieved those that I have not achieved those that um, I didn't achieve that I thought I would want to but um, other goals or aspirations to replace them and um, told me more about myself Um, the years that I didn't dream at all when I was just uh, what I believed was that dreams was just exactly what they were sounded like just dreams illusions fantasies nothing real nothing um tangible or, you know, something, nothing that I could really touch, something that was just fleeting or just um, whimsical, maybe just as real as the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so again, it was Langston um, Hughes' poem, Harlem, which inspired Lorraine Hansby to write her drama, Raisin in the Sun. And that was the first play written by an African-American woman to be produced on Broadway. Yay. Okay. Then it was turned into a movie. Um, Again, like I said earlier with uh, Sidney 48. Um, As we know, in that movie, (laughs) there was a lot going on. Um, There was a lot of dreams. Everybody was dreaming in the movie. Um, Who wasn't dreaming? I mean, we were dreaming for them. And a bulk of the dream for the younger family rested on a $10,000 insurance check that they were going to uh, receive because of um, the passing away of um, the deceased Mr. Younger, you know, who had passed away. And um, everybody, again, like I said, in the family had a dream. Okay, so you had a mama who wanted to buy a house to fulfill the dream that she shared with her husband, the one who, worked his whole life. I mean, scrimp you know, working his back his fingers to the bone, bending over backwards to make sure that family was provided for, not only in life, but also in death. But it seemed that in death he provided more with his ten thousand dollar check. Okay, then you have Mama's son, Walter Lee, played by Sidney Portier, who would rather, you know, invest the money to buy a liquor store with his friends. And, you know, believing that the investment will solve the family's financial problems forever. It's not, you know, we all we all know how that turned out. <laughs> I mean, but um, the, his heart was in the right place and again it was a dream then you have um, Walter's wife uh, I believe her name was Ruth You know, who wants um, the house just like mama does because uh, they have a son who is sleeping on the couch in the living room and they just want more space And so it would just be something that um, I don't know uh, to me that was the best investment they could have made and eventually didn't make it at the end of the movie but um, that was his wife's dream and then you have Benita's the little sister, who um, Walter Lee's little sister, who was Mama's daughter, who wanted to use the money from medical school so she could become a doctor. <clears throat> you know. And all this $10,000 is supposed to do all that. <laughs> it's supposed to do all of that. At least two people was on board as far as having the dream, uh, Mama and, uh, but, uh, and um, Ruth, as far as having the house. And everybody else seemed to be um, on, a different, on a different wave. And, of course, we know, like, as the story went on and the play progresses, the youngest clash, you know, um, Walter Lee makes some bad decisions. And uh, there's, um, thank God, we not for Mama taking some of the money out um, from the 10000 and putting it to the side and already putting a down payment on the home. You know, they wouldn't, they, all the money would have been squandered by Walter Lee because she would have just handed it all over to him. Thank God that she was smart enough to do that. But then you had the people from the from the um, welcoming committee, in the neighborhood that they were getting ready to. I think it was Clybourne Park or something, the some kind of um association in this gated community where they're getting ready to move. that wanted them out, and so it's just in the course of the whole film, all you're doing is just watching them go through dream, um, dream, dream. I mean, the whole that's all they're doing is the, the mailman comes, the check comes, the check. I mean, as everybody's waiting for this check, the check supposed to change our lives. Everybody has a dream. But as the movie progresses, we find out that these dreams are getting, um, uh, if not shot down, one by one by one by one. It's like somebody's poking holes in it. And so much so that if it was like a ship or something, it would have been sinking, I mean, fast. Um, And then, of course, um, towards the end, you know, they came up to uh, a new plan. But what what I wanted to say is, you know, I always used to use this as, um, I first learned about it, I fell in love with it in college. As a student at St. John's University, I first started out as a government major, even though I finished as a criminal justice major with a concentration on um, forensic psychology. And uh, it was a government class that I took, and he wanted us to write a paper on, I guess he, I have, the subject must have been on dreams or something, but it was a bunch of um, novels that was on the list that we had to pick from. And I didn't pick from the list, I think I was like last, and then it was Raising in the Sun, which I had heard a lot about over the years, but didn't know anything about, and we were to read the actual book. We were not supposed to do what I did, <laughs> which was watch the movie, because I was running out of time. I was working a full-time job, I was going to school full-time, over full-time status. It was just ridiculous, so um, I didn't even know where to find a copy of the movie in such a short time, and of course, when you're in college, like, money is um, it's like it's one of those resources that's very, very scarce. And thank God for um, St. Augustine Hall, you know, we know where the library is, that they had such a great media uh, section. And uh, they had the actual film available. So I rented it for an afternoon, and they actually had little like cubicles or rooms where you can go into, and you can just get it all by yourself. And you had like a little couch or a little, kind of like a love seat thing, and I had like little snacks out of my bag already that I just had carried with me for the day. And I curled, I remember like my, it was like fall, winter time, and my jacket was big enough that if I curled myself up on the couch, which I did, I could have used the, the coat as a blanket. And I did, and I just had this neck, and I, just, and I just popped it in, and I said, listen, I'm running out of time, let's see what this is about, you know, it's, it's the, the play of the, I mean the movie, the book, the play of the book, whatever, let's just watch this movie. And I fell in love, and I went home, and I was just talking about. I was like, yeah, yeah, Sydney Poitier. <laughs> She's like, he's great, you know, and that was a great movie. And how you know about that, and that's good that you saw it, and, um, you know. And then throughout my life, especially after college, especially when having dreams, and um, I mean, you just fell in love with the story, period. But then you experience your own life and the dreams that you had and how they may have gotten disferred or whatever. And that always was kind of like, um, not a joke of mine, but I, I always, say, always say to people, what happens to you dreams deferred? What happens to a dream disferred? Because uh, many a time in my life, many of the things I wanted to do, I, there's a lot of things I have wanted to do that I've done. And there's many things that I didn't want to do that just did not seem to fall in place or happen as I wanted them to, which led me on another path, which led me to other things I, I did that I would have never dreamt or thought of. And I would, you know, with no regrets, I, I wouldn't even say that, you know, um, I regret it. It was just unforeseen. So um, my answer, and to, you know, just figuring, finish out this first segment of this episode, to what happens to a dream deferred, which is basically, in essence, of asking what, do, what does one do? You know, what does one do now when a dream has um, not um, transpired or taken place or manifested into what once was thought it would be? And my answer is simple. Change the plan. You know what I'm saying? You don't change the dream, you change change the plan. Okay, so plan A didn't work. You go to plan B. Plan B didn't work. You go to plan C. Plan B. You plan to the end. You don't change the dream, though. You know? And then, um, a lot of times, I think sometimes because of the timing of the dream, we kind of get messed up. So, what do I mean by that? Oh, by 30, I want to have, um, I want to be a millionaire. I want to own a mansion. Um let me see, ask tomorrow, and, you know, like, you know, you just want to say, I want to travel the world like crazy, I want to, oh, I, want, I need like, every role ever, you know, you just start going into this whole, um, I'm going to be married, with the 2.5 kids, retired by 32, you know, we just start painting this picture, but then, guess what happens, if 30 comes, um, and 32 comes especially, and you're not retired with all of these things that I just listed just now, you know, you start to believe that your life is over, simply because, you know, these things were first not achieved, period, and two, were not achieved by the time frame that you um, had allotted for them to, or, or, you know, given as a deadline for them to have um, happen in. Now, of course, it becomes a shell shocker in your world, and it's something that's going to crump you down and cause you to feel kind of like a failure or... Um, I don't want to use the word loser. I don't like it, but like a loser. But what we're talking about today, the reason for this side is, is, is for those who are in those situations right there to not think so much like that, to to come out of that thinking, to uh, renew the mind with the reprogramming of the mind, to just look at those instances as... Um, not being the end of the world. Maybe the start of something new and the new beginning of something, but definitely not the end because it's never too late. As long as you wake up every day and are alive and breathing and well and, you know what I'm saying, and you're conscious of, and you're amongst, here with us in the land of the living, you know, that there is chance. There is a chance and there's hope for another day and for something to transpire and for something to happen. There's always hope. Every single day that you wake up, there is hope. You know, it's never too late. And, um... That's what we're going to talk about or try to talk about. When I come back, I'm going to read an article that I found Um, that I thought was so inspiring. And I liked what they said. Because some of the things I did do and some of them I want to share. Some of them I just want to try myself. Because I'm somebody who has recently started to start dreaming again. And I refuse to let anybody take my dreams away from me. It's just not going to happen anymore. <clears throat> you know, even if it's just somebody some I was telling recently... They were telling me something, and I said, you know what, you, as I said, uh, you, what did I say to, as the response? I said, um, uh, you know, a girl, um, a girl can't, you can't stop a girl from dreaming or, you know, a girl can dream. And then they gave me a little shrug emoji, but yeah, a girl can dream, you know, sometimes, you know, it's maybe something that's been real, but I could dream it. It ain't nothing wrong with dreaming, it's harmless. It doesn't hurt anybody, as a matter of fact, you know, and it brings so much joy. Especially if you believe it and you really use your imagination and see it, and a lot of times, believe it or not, it might sound like a joke, or not, but I'm sure a lot of people who are listening can relate. It'll manifest itself somehow, in some way, shape, or form, you know. But first, you got to see it. You know, people just saw something in their mind first before it just manifested into something right in front of their face, before it actually became something they could touch. You know, people just saw it in their head. Even if they said they were going to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. Do you think about it? You think about it. Anybody, I'm sure. There's something that we wanted when we were younger. You know, we thought about mess, but eventually it just fell into place. You know, you just saw it. It didn't have to be every single thing that you wanted, but um, some of those things did. And, um, you know, I just feel like, again, when I bring up a subject, it is something that I feel that is, I'm going through personally, but I'm in a better place with it. I'm coming, I've been out. You know, can't nobody stop me from dreaming. Can't nobody stop me from I went through a lot of of, um, trial and error and periods of, um, you know, darkness, isolation. So the place where I am now, I am a big dreamer. I dream big. And um, I didn't go through all of that and survive all that and come out of all of that to keep all that to myself. I always said uh, for a very long time, especially since the beginning of this year when I started this, um, I don't know, I want to say pay it forward assignment mission thing, is that... um, you know, I'm going to share my story, not necessarily to, grab books or anything like that, because I'm just i a regular poor mind, I'm just a regular person, you know, and um, but to inspire somebody or to help somebody else to maybe going through it, to not keep it to myself, you know, that if I could come out of it or you're not alone, whatever the message is um to bring, and I feel that this message here on dreaming is one especially today that um a lot of people can relate to, because there's a lot of people who <laughs> who have a lot of dreams. And uh, stop dreaming. And if you ask a lot of people why, nine out of ten, it was somebody in their circle. Um, it could be a family member. It could have been a friend. It could even been. Um, and and these ones make me the most upset. Like somebody, like a teacher or a counselor or you know just somebody who of 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 of, of a of just a place of education in an educational place or maybe even a church or some kind of standing that you should not even be saying anything like that to children. But um, you did. Maybe you told them that, you know, they told you that you were never going to be anything and that you were never going to amount to anything. Or maybe you told them that you wanted to do this and they just laughed. You know, they scoffed at you. Maybe you already doing. Maybe it's all these years later and you're doing it now. and You're, you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, yeah, because I can totally relate. And maybe you're listening to this right now and you're just like right there right now. Like they just, you just recently, you're still trying to get over the fact that they, um, everybody's just shutting you down and trampling your dreams under their feet. But um, I'm really hoping that this series, because this is not going to just be one podcast, it's going to be a series, uh, will help somebody, um, you know, to dream again and um, or be inspired. And the one thing I will say, in everyone's defense, who may feel like this, because I've been there, it's not easy. Um, it starts. It's the kind of thing that it takes. It takes practice, because, like I said, it's a, a renewing and a reprogramming of the mind. Getting out a old way and method of thinking and replacing it with a new one. And that's not something that happens overnight. It's almost like um anything that you wanna change where you have like a really bad habit like eating better or um drinking less or smoking or quitting smoking cigarettes or something. It's always like something that you gotta you really gotta apply yourself, but it doesn't happen overnight. You'll have the tools but you it's all about what you do as far as applying it. Well, it's the same situation with this. Um, But it's not unattainable and I just want everybody to dream again because we all have so much potential even me myself I'm amazed at how much um, potential and Things that I was able to unlock within myself um, Even this podcast or whatever just by simply um, dreaming again and not only that But actually tapping into the things and trying them out or research researching and looking into things that what it would take or because I know It's not too late. Um, I got the longest list you think it was a bucket list even ballroom dancing which I asked a very good friend of mine if they would um, be my partner, and they said, um, that they, they told me that it wasn't their speed, but, you know, that I was cool. <laughs> 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 to go right on ahead and then pursue that. But they did it before. That was what amazed me, though, that they did try it before, though, you know, in their younger years, so and they, they, they said that they recommended it to try. <laughs> so I was actually impressed to know that about them, but... Um, you know, and I have other things, you know, that I want to try to do, and I just want to encourage people, you know, to try to do it too, like little hobbies or something like that, just to try to get it back. You know, I'm, I, I'm out here, sometimes I hear people, they're they're talking and they're so funny, and I'm like, have you ever looked into st- amateur stand-up? I talk, I try to speak things into people's life, and, and I say things to people, like that, for instance, you know, you should look into stand-up, because I love to laugh. I don't know if you guys know that about me, yet, um to be silly and it's one of like i don't know if it's the i just love humor lack comedy and cracking the hell up so i always appreciate a good joke right and i could always spot someone that's funny or like you know when they're dead on or they hitting every like every every line every um punch line hits and lands perfectly and just cracks me up I have to let them know, and I don't just say, hey, you're funny, you're funny, so it's like something in me now always seems to see a talent or a gift in somebody, and I try to um, <clears throat> speak it out or bring it up and say, for instance, in that situation, because I've had too many this year, a lot of people have me, have me rolling. you know, you should look into stand-up, and almost every single time somebody comes back to me you know, and says, everybody says that to me, a lot of people say that to me, and I'm like, you know what? Where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, you should definitely look into it, even if it's just, like, around the way or some kind of, like, local comedy club or something or maybe into, like, a little contest. It's just, a, just for fun to just be, you know. And people will come out and support you. I'm sure I would tell these people I know because I could tell. They had, like, you know, large followers And even some some people had social media sites where they would just make their own videos and just be hilarious. And so many people just coming in and following and liking. Could you imagine if you, you know, got on a... You know, uh, amateur night at the Apollo and did something like that and just maybe got seen by somebody. So, yeah, you know, we're just gonna, you know, what do you wanna do? What do you, let's dream again. Let's dream big. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it together. Let's, um, let's get out of this box. Let's get out of this rut. Let's get away from these naysayers and let's do it, you know, cause, um, I'm here with you and Fire Chapo and we are here. Chapo's Corner, okay? Be right back shortly after the break and I'll be bringing you an article from, um, um, again, um, Arthur or, um, that I found online, which, uh, touched me and I feel like it'll help you too. All right. See you soon.